Good evening, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 94. We have now done as many episodes as the length in feet of a regulation basketball court. Speaking of things that aren't that long but still seem really, really long, this week we're talking about <laughs> Private Sessions by Tori Carrington. This is from the Harlequin Blaze series, which is like normal romance novels except shortened to just the porny parts. Is that, is that accurate, Sarah? Is that a fair way to describe the Blaze series? Oh, I, it, it, Blaze has a lot more heat to it, but a well-done Blaze is both emotionally and sexually tense and is actually quite good reading. This, unfortunately, is not a well-done Blaze. All right, so so it's steamier, but you'd, li- you'd prefer light and heat. Yes, yes. It is, it is much steamier, but it's not just, you know, knocking boots and bumping uglies all the time. It's also feelings, bumping feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you want to read along with this book, you can by going to audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep, or you can uh, download a free copy of this, uh, the audiobook of this book just for signing up for a free trial and being our fan. More importantly, though, go to there, sign up for a free trial, supports our show. If you want to suggest a topic, also go to read-weep.com slash suggest. Now let me introduce you to today's panel. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter, at Alex Falcone, and I will crush all those other Twitter accounts like garbage on the detention level of the Death Star. <laughs> I got a very special panel with me. First up, he's just here to put small obstacles between you and the main character's inevitable love story. In Northern California, it's Ezra Fox. I'm half reckless, half workaholic, and all sexy. And half gay, maybe. <laughs> maybe? Oh. Maybe. Maybe just five eighths. <laughs> We're rounding up. Oh. <laughs> also joining us all is he's got all the power in business, in the bedroom, but not when it comes to emotional connection. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris, last name with help. First, I'm going to smolder at you. <laughs> then, I'm going to smolder some more. Right when you're not expecting it, I'm going to smolder at you. And then when you're really not expecting it, take you from behind. What up? It just There's something about the tone of your voice that makes me want to lick your chin. I also want to be licking his chin now. Are you sure you don't want to lean your cheek into the palm of my hand <laughs> and cock your head playfully to the side? Well, I tell you, I don't deserve you, even though you've done nothing to earn my love. There's so many good options. (sighs) And we have a very special guest today. She's smart, beautiful, powerful, wealthy, and she can conquer even the strongest man through the power of feelings in northern New Jersey. It's Sarah Wendell. Hello there. Wendell, I'm sorry. Wendell, that's okay. It doesn't matter how you pronounce my name because I'm only after changing it to yours anyway. (laughs) (laughs) In reality, Sarah is one of the founders and the current overlady of SmartBitchesTrashyBooks.com, a community for fans of the romance genre. She's also the author of Beyond Heaving Bosoms, The Smart Bitches Guide to Romance Novels, published by Touchstone Fireside. Sarah, it is good to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. So, before we talk about this book, Chris, it's your turn to summarize, as always, <laughs> because of your uh, freakish re- recall and your dulcet tones. This time, I would like you to summarize in the style of a dirty phone conversation between a two attractive, but still somewhat distant, powerful people. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, what are you doing? Oh, me? Not much. Just, uh, you know, belonging to a Greek shipping family. No? <laughs> No, no, no. I, I've already eaten. What are you eating? 
oh, you're eating people for lunch in mergers and acquisitions because you're a powerful businessman? Very good. Oh, did we do names? Hi, I'm Brenna, and you're Caleb. Don't be confused by my voice. And now I meet you. You're very powerful. There's some smoldering tension. You know where I'm putting my hand? On a plate of lasagna. But you know where I'm putting my other hand? Right on your friend, the basketball-playing lawyer from Boston, who comes there to ruin everything. And it turns out you both work for the same Greek competing shipping family as my family. So now I'm just going to drip some ice right down my... What? There was a misunderstanding? Hang on. That's fine. That's fine, because we'll just be sexy to each other until we make it work. I'm going to turn the lights down. Yeah. And that's the book. (laughs) Why was your hand in lasagna? No, Alex, why isn't your hand in lasagna right now? How do you eat lasagna? Is that how you eat lasagna, Chris? What, with your feet? Is that what you recommend, Alex? That doesn't make sense. He just right. said my hand you is You make on. dirty phone calls the way you make dirty phone calls. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> now it's time for the uh, compliment sandwich. As always, we like to start and end every show with a compliment. So it feels like we're being fair to the work that we're making fun of. Sarah, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. What would you prefer? I will go last. I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, Ezra will start us off today. Great. You know, I think I got a, a, a good motto out of this. I think like I get like one of those motivational posters. It'll just be a picture of like them having the butt sex, mm-hmm. and then at the below it'll say, "I don't make promises, I make plans," which is uh, Caleb Payne's quote. <laughs> that also sounds like something you might see on a lolcat picture. <laughs> Have you seen the cover for this book? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, he's the sitting cover at the piano. for the book. Has him sitting in front of a piano, and as one of my readers pointed out, behind him is an Ikea bookshelf, so clearly his billionaire status is in question. <laughs> but he's got this semi-pensive expression, like clearly he's thinking about your butt. <laughs> and he didn't get to be thinking about your butt by spending too much on furniture. So. That's right. He spends his money where it, where it goes deep. I, 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 took, oh, I took the money I saved on Ikea furniture and spent it all on lube. No. 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 Got, no he doesn't use lube. <laughs> and then threw it away so you didn't get any. <laughs> no, he bought it all, but then he left it in the other room because he didn't want to take the time and mess up the flow to go to the next door and get... That's what makes this man Caleb Payne. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll go second. So there's a, an excellent quote where she's describing uh, the sex they're having. And she says, Sex was never this good. The earth stopped spinning as she hovered somewhere between this world and an alternate universe. A place where everything was white and sweet and so very, very exquisite. Uh. One didn't need food or water in order to survive. Only this. Uh... What a lovely alternative universe where everything is white and sweet, and instead of food, you just eat sex, and then <laughs> presumably it's made out of white chocolate because that's I white would... and sweet. Uh, I mean, the question is though: Does this this is white yes. chocolate sex go to your thighs, or what? Like, how do people stay fit in this uh, alternative universe? As well, orgasms—they're just like Cool Whip. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're laying on a bed of watercress, and you're uh... watercress and bean sprouts, and if you're eating. <laughs> What are you pooping out? (laughs) Also sex. (laughs) Probably worse sex, I'm guessing, right? You've you've extracted all the nutrients from it. I wonder if you poop babies. (laughs) Babies? That's the worst part. The the waste products of sex is babies in your mind. I I don't think that's unfair. Oh, I've got two kids downstairs that would so disagree. Oh, uh uh-oh. 
That's great that you disagree. <laughs> if you agreed, we have problems. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris, what is your major compliment? My major compliment is that the author, Tori Carrington, has clearly seen what a basketball court looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so Caleb Payne and his buddy Palmer, the lawyer, they they are high powered businessmen in in Type A personalities. But how they really unwind is through fierce competition on the basketball court. But there's not really a lot of basketball described so much as he shot the ball, he made his shot. Yeah. Then Caleb talked about feelings and missed his next shot. <laughs> you know, I, I like somebody who writes about what they know, and clearly. Tori Carrington, baller. <laughs> Did you know that Tori Carrington is the pseudonym for a husband and wife team? What? I... <laughs> Seriously, Tori Carrington is the pseudonym of a man and a woman who write together. So there's a couple out there that's like, yep, this is a good relationship. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, uh, Sarah, it's your turn now. You've heard us, but we need a compliment from you. Oh, a compliment. Remember, a compliment is just something you hate with the word I like. <laughs> thrown in right before it. Chris, I like your face. My compliment is that this book has enabled me to envision my own personal superhero because at one point he parts her engorged folds and takes in her pink portal. Yeah. And I now think of the pink portal as the best superhero ever. Like a giant <laughs> sparkly vagina who jumps in and like smacks people who are on the phone while they drive and gets that ass monkey who's really walking slowly in the grocery store out of your way. The pink portal is, is needed in our life. And I, and I have to thank, you know, the authors for, for, for bringing this creature forward into my imagination. The pink portal is like a modern hero against like all the small peeves of the world, you know? Whenever I see the, the vagina light yes. in the sky, I come running. <laughs> <laughs> I or do you run coming? <laughs> all right, excellent. Very good compliments, everybody. Now we can get into our more natural segment, the uh, the hate segment. Today we're going to be playing Haiti at your golf. Uh, it's a smaller version of golf with more hate. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so in any order, whenever you want to go, somebody tell me something about this book that you genuinely didn't like. Um, I hate that I got the PG version, which ended up being completely censored. Oh, I no. I was so pissed. Oh, I'm yeah. so disappointed. Do you guys want to hear the, the, the sex scene? I The, the one I, I had to listen to? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> her piano her stomach he stood and pushed the hungry gaze is it gonna eat a piano or not guys clue me in (laughs) there's no other other way to describe that I think it's the only reasonable explanation did the censor have to censor every noun and verb <laughs> except for piano? Yeah, I mean, it was like a, re- a redacted version of, like, the Roswell files or something like that. Like, there's just nothing came out. <laughs> all right. All right. Here's the, here's the big thing. They don't use condoms that often. No. They do not. And, Sarah, is this common in the oh, romance genre for them to just be like, he, he would have used a condom, but he just smoldered too hard just that that was what dropped my jaw about this book that the entire reason he he goes for the balloon knot is because he can't be asked (laughs) to go to the bedroom and get a condom 
And he won't even go to the kitchen to get some olive oil or some chicken broth, <laughs> chicken grease, anything. Chicken He's just like, no, just, you know, use what's around here, you know, some carpet lint. Well, now, am I am I wrong in my recollecting that, that they also had unprotected vaginal sex on the bed when the box was right next to them, but they didn't want to go for it? Yeah, the box yeah. is right there, and he can't be bothered. He's like, no, I can't, I can't bother. How do you so, even buy him? You know? <laughs> it's like he's the only person on the earth who doesn't know that she could still get pregnant, and this is somebody who has, like, allegedly, anyway, for all eight words that were used to describe the major issues with commitment and his dad and family. And... Such a good point. The more trouble you have with family history and the more trouble you have with commitment, the more dedicated to m- numerous forms of birth control you should probably be. Just stick a cork in the end of it, you know? Yeah. You don't even need a condom. A tiny cork. <laughs> Hot glue gun and shut. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's an awkward, awkward ask for acetone from your neighbor. <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> hey, doctor, do you have a, is there an antidote for cork? Is there a penis strength uh, <laughs> dissolver? All right. So here's the thing. This conversation, even with you wonderful people, is making me a bit uncomfortable, uh, which reminds me very much you of and listening Brenna. to the book. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it possible to have a discussion about an anal, about an anal sex scene without it being so full of unintentional puns? No. No, this book was. <laughs> oh no! I just like... I just want to back out of this conversation. <laughs> Boo! Un- that was intentional. <laughs> that one was. There are a lot of writers who can do erotic romance so well and write write sexual scenes of any variety that are incredibly well done and very interesting and arousing, and this was not that. So they could be, it could be really highbrow, they could include semicolons? <laughs> Ooh. No, he would get all of it, because it'd be to the hilt, it'd be the full colon. Everything was to the hilt! <laughs> Every, this is a Every single thing they did was to the hilt. It was. Yes. <laughs> he negotiated to the hilt. It's like, why yes. even have the hilt if you're just going to go all the way to it every time? And there's a lot of... There's a lot of foreshadowing to this, too. I mean, early on in the book, things spiral out of control and went south. Really? <laughs> All right, let's let's change the topic. Let's yeah, let's get away from the ass for a second. Um, here's something else I hated. Here's a quote: "She had never believed the vampire myth, but if she had, she would have thought he was one." Um, you know, that was just in case she wanted to make it a paranormal. You know, even her options. <laughs> Is that a thing you have to say about an adult? Do you have to ask adults if they <laughs> believe in the vampire myth? <laughs> it needs to be clarified. Yes. I. That is shocking. You never know when your editor might say, you know, he needs to sparkle and this needs to be like Twilight with butt. I, you know, I, I mean, I... I would have bought that, actually. <laughs> Twilight with butt? What's one of the main things Twilight is missing? Twilight really would have been improved by some backdoor action. Or front door action. If you love Twilight and love anal. <laughs> I actually have had the feeling while I was lis- listening to it that this does sound like Twilight for adults. How so? That's interesting. Just the the flow of everything, the way the characters are described, reminded me a lot of our Twilight days. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I can tell you why that is if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, it's not why really... is everyone described as perfect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, romances are idealized versions of people in a lot of ways. No, no man oh, that I know hey. is ever that in touch with his emotions, and no woman I know is ever that willing to lie in a bed for five days without bathing. Ew. <laughs> and remark on it either. Ew. <laughs> God, that girl was gross. Yeah. <laughs> 
Twilight is a throwback to a very old style of romance. Back in the day when romances had incredibly florid covers and the guys had mullets and there were swans coming out of the heroine's backside and somebody was wearing fuchsia, back in the 80s and the, and the early oh. 90s and to some degree in the 70s, that was the style of romance. There was this really alpha male and this really submissive female yeah. and he would come in and he would basically force her to adopt his worldview and completely enmesh herself in his life and that was her happy ending because she got to have sex and orgasms. Right. And at the time, if you locate those novels within the larger history of women's sexual autonomy, women were a lot more ambivalent about their sexuality at that time. And there were a lot of readers of romances who at the time were older. It wasn't as if young women were reading these or older women reading these books. They were not always comfortable with a woman having horny pants. You know, women could not have open sexual desire and, you know, say, hey, I totally want to fuck you. You're awesome. <laughs> that is not something that would be accepted. And so the sexuality had to be sort of forced onto the woman. And that was where romances got their rape-tastic reputation from those books. Twilight, without the rape or any sex or even getting to second base, right. recreated a lot of that same style because Edward completely swallows her, basically. He eats her entire life. He watches over her. She has to become like him. He completely absorbs her into his life, and she just leaves from her father's home into his world without any stopping in between. And, you know, 17 has an alien baby. I hope you, <laughs> did you read book four? Because that was just the best one. Not yet. We're going Not to yet. right before the movie comes out. Oh, just wait. Just wait, alien baby. I'm, I'm excited. And then you'll be worried about childbirth. So, <laughs> like men in black with tentacles? What? <laughs> let's rant, let's pull this back and track. So one of the things we want to do today, Sarah, is I want to we want to have us ask you more questions about romance novels, obviously, and the genre, and talk about it in regards to this. But let's let's see if we have any more random hates before we get into that. Chris Rez, do you have anything else you want to do? For a book about business, there's remarkably little business in this. These people had an MBA from one of those machines in the grocery store by the door with a <laughs> plastic cup. That's where they got yeah. their MBA. You mean Coinstar? Is that what you're thinking? Yes. <laughs> Not sure that's an MBA. I think that's a dollar. <laughs> My MBA costs seven cents for the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. So the for the next segment, I want to do is uh, we we do a normal segment called Clarezra explains it all. But since we have Sarah with us, we're gonna let her do the explaining. Uh, so Sarah, we're gonna tap into your expertise and we're gonna ask you what is normal of from, from this book. What's normal in romance and what is specific to this one on its own? Does that sound good? Yeah. So I I got a question. So um, mm. Brenna's breasts are apparently small and pert, mm. and she also has a high pert bottom. Are all heroines just made out of pertness? Is there like a pert quotient they have to have to fill? They're actually constructed out of bottles of pert shampoo. Yes, exactly. They are made of pert shampoo. It's a secret. We wouldn't want to tell you. They used to be made out of prel. And before that, it was, gee, your hair smells terrific. But since those are no longer sold, they're all pert. For a while, she's got Dove, but that's just because she was at a grocery store and needed it at the last second. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's great, though. It is two in one, so that's that's a time save. (laughs) Wait, does that mean to lose one boob? (laughs) <laughs> and that would be why he didn't need lube, because she has, you know, the two-in-one creamy center. She has shampoo all over the place. Well. <laughs> and conditioner. Don't forget. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, stuff never washes away. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so near the end of, of this, I believe there, the man claims that he was uh, putting his brand on her, mm. and that was his. Yeah. Part, they, they suggested that was part of his interest. Is I feel this so sorry for cows now? <laughs> if that's what happens. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, well, I was wondering if maybe this was a thing in romance novels where it's always particular to his industry. So, like this man, obviously was in business, so he was, cared more about branding. But if he'd been a basketball player, he would have wanted to dunk all over her. Or, uh, <laughs> yes, the brand looks like a little, you know, you've got mail envelope yeah. right on her ass. <laughs> yeah, is that is that common? Is it all? Is does the guy always try to tie his professional life into this lovemaking? Alex, did <laughs> no. you mean did you mean that if he was a basketball player, he'd want to take it to the hole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is often some language about claiming or not owning, but possessing of the heroine. Yeah, it's just but, another way of, of reinforcing the whole male dominance issue if the book is is using a dominant male in the in the story. Um, branding her? No. Unless, you know, he secretly, like, you know, put an apple and a window symbol somewhere on her body. I don't think that that's particularly <laughs> normal. Intel inside. Uh, Sarah, have you ever read one where somebody, where the guy pissed on somebody like a grizzly bear? <laughs> <laughs> I have not, but I will not say that they're not out there right. because if the internet has taught me anything, is that whatever turns you on, someone's writing fiction about it. Found it. <laughs> Usually involving Harry Potter. <laughs> All right, here's something I didn't understand, uh, Sarah. So, on on a couple different occasions, it said that the book said that he kissed her thoroughly. Um, how mm. thoroughly does that does that mean every surface or just so much that she has no kissing left, like it empties or her kiss? Through her. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like through. <a> <laughs> it was just a typo. <laughs> <laughs> it means that he kissed her so hard her lipstick jumped off her face and ran down the hall, uh-huh. preferably to get the con. <laughs> it's a terrible description. Kissing her thoroughly. It, what, what, what does he do when he does it any other time? Sort of half-acidly. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how I do <laughs> he it. Kissed all. her. Phoned it in again. <laughs> Does, I have a question for you guys. Does it change your perspective of the book that this was written by a man and a woman writing together? Well, when I assumed it was just a woman, I was like, well, she she might be just trying to please an audience. But now that there's a woman and a man both having an input, I'm like, well, what have they been doing to each other? Are they, are they healthy? I'm concerned for this married couple. <laughs> well, that means every decision they made, they had to go, oh, yeah, no, I agree. That is a great idea. My belief is that this particular author, forgive me, wants to push the envelope and do things quite differently. And that's why there's one book that explores infidelity and this one explores butt piano. And so, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> butt piano is the best thing so far. <laughs> Sometimes you get bored tickling the ivory, so you got to tickle the, uh, tickle the, tickle the too. ebony too. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. He says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes But it's sad and it's sweet and I knew it complete When I wore a younger man's clothes La, 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 la. This ad was required but not approved by Audible Meanwhile, at a fancy restaurant The tiramisu is so delicate. This is my favorite place in the city. I can see why. The lobster, the caviar, everything we've had was excellent. Brenda, dear, I don't want you to think I'm weird, but I brought you a gift. A gift? You didn't have to do that. I have a really good feeling about you, so 
I wanted to make this date special. Meet Josh. She turned her beautiful face effortlessly, making eye contact with the handsome stranger who had joined them. What? You said on your profile that you liked romance novels, so I hired somebody to narrate our evening. She licked her lips seductively, barely wetting them with her tender tongue. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, thank you? I think you'll really like it. He's been studying the genre. Her lips trembled as she imagined taking his members slowly between them. What? That's disgusting! How would he even know that? He's a mild telepath. She could hardly contain herself as she pictured him entering her womanhood. I I didn't picture any such thing! Get him out of here! Her rage stirred something inside him. Animalistic. Feral. He wanted to take her right here. He's very good. This is all wrong. You're both freaks. I also bought you several novels that he can read to us when our sex life starts to get boring. I know you'll love him. Ha! I don't need your stupid novels. I went to audiblepodcast.com slash weep and got a free audiobook just for signing up for a free trial, and I supported my favorite podcast in the process. I used it to get one of the hundreds of books from the Harlequin Blaze series read by an even sexier voice than his. She stood up and quickly turned, her engorged breasts swaying under the thin fabric that barely contained them. And I can keep the book even if I cancel my subscription, which is more than you can say for my number. He turned slowly to Josh, whose deep, soothing voice was moving him in a way no man had ever moved him before. Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. It's like your iPod is having sex with you. Alright, now it's time for the minor compliment, the other half of the compliment sandwich. For this one, Sarah, surprise, we're going to go in reverse order. So I need you to say one more nice thing about private sessions before you're allowed to drop it from your mind forever. Oh, really? Yep. It made me want to learn to play the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you could... Yeah. (laughs) Those things are seductive, man. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if, if, you know, he just tried like he's like yes i have a slide whistle but i I only play for myself probably wouldn't have worked in exactly the same way (laughs) oh you're just begging for lines like (laughs) come play with my didgeridoo (laughs) (laughs) all right excellent chris second compliment oh i have to have a second one (laughs) 94 episodes in you haven't missed a one Um, Caleb Payne has a butler named Lionel, and he gets to say things like, Lionel, put dinner in the warmer. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> that is the only life I ever wanted to lead. <laughs> you totally stole my compliment. Because <laughs> <laughs> also, how many syllables he had when he pronounced Lionel? It was like, Lionel, put dinner in the warmer. Lionel. Also, uh, also, he did her in the butler. <laughs> well, he put something in her warner. Yeah. <laughs> Lion O, you shouldn't have. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ezra, you have a little bit of time to scurry and think of another one. But first, I'm scurrying so fast. But first, uh, my minor compliment. Here's the quote. She couldn't have run ran faster for the elevator if she dove. So <laughs> if she was running? Is that what he meant? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it meant to say, but here's what I'll tell you. Uh, in case you're not a big baseball fan, 
There are still some people who believe that it's faster to dive headfirst into first base than to run through the bag. Not most people, but some of them. And I've never believed it. So I, I think that the author was coming down secretly on that the side of that very important uh, obscure baseball topic. <laughs> but second, you're supposed to slide because well, you have to stop on the Yeah, because you can't run through the bag. Exactly. Yeah. All the other yeah. bases, you slide. But you don't. You, the people who dive to headfirst who think they're saving a little bit of time, I think are just trying to look like they're trying no, harder. But- but wait a second, Alex. What about all the runners who finish, you know, races by diving head first? I'm sure I've seen this. Yeah, it times. happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what about slip and slides, Alex? Mm? No one runs through a slip and slide. All, all about efficiency. That's the slip and slide. <laughs> Very good points. Uh, all right, Ez, your turn. Last thing, nice thing you want to say. Okay, so th- this book gave me endless opportunities uh, to, to giggle from bleep tracks. And, and there's one I think that I do have to share. Okay. Long hours later, Caleb watched Brynna unabashedly coax a bit of from a stubborn with her tongue. The sucking sound making his all over again. So you're going to censor that to make it sound dirty for the one moment of this book that wasn't dirty? <laughs> One moment of this book that referred to Deadliest Catch more than it did. Yes. Didn't you say lobster? Deadliest Snatch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is it for our show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We will be back again next week with episode number 95. Next week, we're going to be watching Skins. The bad American remake of a decent British TV show about young people behaving irresponsibly. Oh, no one's ever done that before. A bad American remake of a British show. Yeah. Coupling. (laughs) Coupling one, coupling two, coupling three. Big Brother. Oh. The Office. Ooh, he's taking a stand. I thought American Office was good. I disagree with you. Alex doesn't like anything. All right, anyway, that, that's what we're watching. If you want to see that next week, uh, if you want to pay attention, read along, go ahead and do that, watch that show. But if you want to uh, get a free book, as we mentioned, you can always go to re- read-weep.com. Sorry, you can go to uh, audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Also, if you want to suggest a topic, or if you want to contact us, go to our website, read-weep.com. Click on the envelope and, and send us an email if you want about anything you like or dislike about our show or about butt sex or really anything else entirely. Um, that's it. Thank you so much for being here, as always, Chris Nez. Yeah. No problem. Sarah, do you want to tell us briefly about your new upcoming book? Easy. My uh, <laughs> my next book comes out October 1st. It is called Everything I Know About Love I Learned from Romance Novels, which provides us all valuable lessons of what not to do from this book. Yeah. It is, it is a nonfiction uh, book that is all about what women actually do learn that's positive from romance novels. And it's an argument against anyone who's ever said that romance novels provide unrealistic expectations of sex or emotions or, or relationships um, because romances are actually quite valid, valid and valuable. So, Not necessarily this one, but many, many others. So your book will be pro-condom and, and pro-lube. Oh, yes. Pro-lube, pro-condom, pro-treating the woman like she's valuable and a sentient human being. Right. You know, pro-bathing, I'm very in favor of <laughs> Wow, taking a strong stance on that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, you, and, I'll, and as always, you can check out Sarah's reviews of other romance novels. 
by going to smartbitchestrashybooks.com. That's right, smartbitchestrashybooks.com. By the way, the review of this one, uh, the review you had of Private Sessions was pretty wickedly funny. Um, oh, thank I, you. Yeah. We will link to that one uh, from the show page, especially. Oh, thank you very much. No, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciated it. As with most guests, you can get to see pictures of Sarah's pets at facebook.com slash readandweep in our guest's pets album. That is it. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll, t- we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Shh.